facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. A wonderful Wednesday to all of you. I'm not sure how wonderful you're feeling right now. It is hump day. We're going to get over it together. Call 888-914-9149 to talk to me for free on The Kale Clark Show. So good to be with you. You can also email the program, kale at relevantradio.com. And follow me on Twitter at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. Okay, guys, it's time to get serious. It's February the 15th now. Valentine's Day is over. Christmas has passed us by. We, we are, we're, we're getting ready for Lent, so we're kind of, kind of in the grind here, aren't we now? The Super Bowl's gone, and so you still got a lot of stuff to look forward to, but but we're, we're at this midweek point, and, and Wednesdays are tough sometimes. They're, they call it hump day for a reason, and I uh, tweeted an image out today. Uh, for the show, if, if you go to my account at Kale Clark, you can see it. And it's from this comic book uh, that was really popular in France. It's called Tintin. I, I don't know if you've ever seen this thing. Maybe in Canada, people used to read this growing up. And so there's this character named Tintin. He's got red hair. And then there's the captain. And then there's the dog named Snowy. And so, so in this comic book image, the captain, he's got a pint of something, I won't say what it is, uh, it's on the table in front of him, and he's just he's got his head in his hands, and he says, what a week, huh? And Tintin says, Captain, it's Wednesday. <laughs> it's not even over yet, not even close to being over yet. And then Snowy the dog is, is busy trying to drink out of his glass, whatever's in that pint. Um, we'll cure what ails you, if you get my pun there. <laughs> but at any rate, you can, there's actually a Twitter account, and I, I got this image from the Twitter account. That is at what a week, huh? <laughs> at what a week, huh? H U H. And every Wednesday they post this image and it gets hundreds of thousands of likes. And it's just a reminder that, hey, we're going to get through this together. And because it's the middle of the work week, I thought I'd talk about how we can maybe look at our work in a different way and how that can help us to not only survive, but thrive in our work. So I got a couple questions for you. Got a couple of questions for you, and you can call in 888-914-9149. First question is, what do you think, what do you think that the work culture, is, how would you describe the work culture currently in the United States? What, what do you think about it? And then the second question is, how do you make your work holy? How do you sanctify your work, whatever it may be, in your profession, whatever it whatever it is. I want to hear about how you do that. Why don't you inspire our listeners here on the Kale Clark Show, 888-914-9149. So how do you make your work holy? How do you do it personally? I'm sure we can learn a lot from that. And the second question is, what do you think the work culture is currently like in the United States? And I'll tell you why. Actually, speaking of articles, and you can send me Articles that you think would be fun to talk about on the show, you can email me, klcale at relevantradio.com. Patrick Alog is working the phones uh, for us tonight, associate producer here at Relevant Radio. He actually sent me an interesting story about Microsoft, and, and I'll get into this a little bit more in just a second explain this to you. Microsoft is basically giving people unlimited holidays. Now, it, it might sound too good to be true, but apparently this is a real thing. So I'll, I'll tell you more about this in a second. But 
is this a, a situation where this is like a hamster wheel with the cage door left open and you're free to go if you want, but there may be consequences if you do. Is it too good to be true? My wife, Trish, she, she spent uh, some time in Japan uh, teaching uh, for a couple of years, wanted to travel, see the world. So she went to Japan. And one of the things that, that she says, and I think we know this if you, if you know anything, even just in a cursory sense about Japanese culture, over there, it's considered honorable in a certain sense to work yourself to death to work yourself to death. There, there is no such thing as work-life balance in many cases in Japan. I'm sure there are movements against that, but it's not uncommon to see businessmen just never with their families. They're just working themselves to the bone. And they have these micro hotels in Japan. This is wild. I don't know if you've been abroad, if you've ever seen this, but I'm not sure this is actually work in America, but they have they have it in subway stations and in different places. They have these micro hotels that are little tubes in the wall. This would make me extremely claustrophobic. Think of think of an MRI machine. If you've ever had an MRI and you've been sort of you know wheeled into this thing and you know you you go into the machine, it's this 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 little this tube that you're in, this cylinder. A lot of people can't stand it; they're just totally claustrophobic. Well, they have these little tubes in the wall. And people actually sleep in them because they, they just don't want to go home. They're called micro hotels and they just sleep for maybe an hour or two or three hours, four hours, and then they go right back to work. So that's, that's one extreme end, if you will, of the spectrum. And I, I was talking with, with Timory, of course, uh, the host of Trending with Timory, which is uh, on after this program. And as you know, Timory just came back from maternity leave. And I believe in the United States, producer Jim, you can you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think it's six weeks, isn't it? For maternity leave. Is that is that correct? Yeah, the I think I believe the max is twelve. Max is twelve. Yeah. Okay. So but minimum six minimum or so. Minimum six, max twelve. And I and I told I told Timory, I said, Do you know that in Canada maternity leave is a year? And she was like, Oh man, I I, I that would be amazing. <laughs> so I don't know if she's moving to Canada or not, probably not, but but in, in some countries it's it's a year. In, in other countries, it might even be more. There's also paternity leave for, for dads if that's available to you, which I think is a good thing because studies clearly do show that children do thrive the more they're with their parents, especially in those formative months uh, in the beginning. Holidays. Let's get back to the holiday thing for a second. In Sweden, I think there are 34, it's either 31 or 34 paid days off per year. That's not bad. That's not bad. So what's going on in the United States? What is the work culture like right now in the United States? I want to get your take on this, 888-914-9149. Because one of the things that we have to do as Catholics, we need to figure out how we can sanctify our work. So how do you do that? How do you make your work holy? I want to hear from you as well on that. You can inspire our listeners, 888-914-9149. One four nine. So, as I mentioned, Patrick Alog sent me this this piece. It was from The Verge, which is a website that deals with tech and what's going on in the digital world. And, and they had this piece about Microsoft giving their employees unlimited time off. It's called the discretionary time off policy. And so this is this is by the way this is only in the United States. Obviously, oh, I'm speaking of Patrick Alog. He's our crack researcher. He always fact checks me. He always disabuses me of several erroneous notions that I have. And he just told me that uh, he Googled it 
Dr. Google always comes in handy that in Sweden, it's only 25 days. It's 25 paid days off. Okay. So I was, I was incorrect on that errors and omissions file that away, but look it up. Your, hey, Hey, don't, don't take me as the Oracle folks, please, please do your own homework, do your own research. <laughs> but Microsoft only in the United States is giving its employees unlimited time off. And Kathleen Hogan, who is Microsoft's chief people officer, that's a cool title. I am the chief people officer. And uh, she wrote a memo to all the Microsoft employees in the United States. And that memo was viewed by The Verge. I guess there was a leaker who, who showed it to, to a reporter. Uh, Tom Warren, writing for The Verge, uh, did this article. And they're calling their unlimited time off policy, quote unquote, discretionary time off. And it will apply to all salaried employees in the United States. So use discretion. You know, dis discretion is advised here. Like viewer discretion is advised. Worker discretion is advised when it comes to time off. And so in this memo, Kathleen Hogan was quoted as saying to Microsoft employees, quote, how, when, and where we do our jobs has dramatically changed. And as we've transformed, modernizing our vacation policy to a more flexible model was a natural next step, end of quote. So these changes actually began last month, about almost exactly a month ago. They began on January the 16th. And you didn't, so right now, you don't even need to accrue vacation time anymore. If you're, if you're working for Microsoft in the U.S., you can just, hey, pff, I'm going to go on vacation. You've been working there for a month. I'm out of here. I need a break. So I don't know if it's quite that lenient, but uh, what they actually offer apparently is 10 corporate holidays, leaves of absence, sick and mental health time off, time away for jury duty or bereavement, and that is alongside this new unlimited time off policy. So you get unlimited time off plus all this other stuff. Now, if you have an unused vacation balance, and I guess this would be the 10 corporate holidays that you get. If you have an unused vacation balance, you get a payout every April. So they'll cut you a check if you don't use it. And so if you're, if you're working for Microsoft and you're not in the United States, you're out of luck. You're out of luck. And, and so are hourly workers in the United States. So these are only salaried employees that are getting this perk. And lots of other companies are doing this as well. LinkedIn does it too. And they're owned by Microsoft. So it makes, makes sense that they just have this blanket policy. Salesforce, which is obviously a behemoth in the business world, uses this too. Oracle, Netflix also have it. Uh, Microsoft also allows, by the way, employees to work from home permanently and they, they were well known for giving their employees a $1,500 pandemic bonus. So, hey, man, you've endured, the, you've endured enough. So here's a, here's a bonus for you. So a lot of people have a lot of different takes on this. I don't, I don't know what you think of this. 888-914-9149. That's the number to call in to talk to me for free on The Kale Clark Show. But there are a lot, a lot of comments uh, in this article on, on The Verge. And so... One uh, user said this, quote, keeping the best human capital will always be worth time off in a highly educated industry. This move is just simple common sense, end of quote. So obviously in knowledge work, especially in tech, you want to keep good employees. It's very competitive. Employees are well known for jumping ship to new firms that, especially in Silicon Valley, that offer better perks, better salaries. And so keeping, keeping workers happy is crucial because talent 
is the scarce resource. That's true in any industry. Talent is the scarce resource. So you got to keep the talent happy. Uh, another, another user said, quote, it's hard not to be cynical because if this company has a trash culture, then unlimited time off makes things worse, not better. All depends on your manager and on your circumstances. Not sure that United States work culture, even post-COVID, has improved to the point where it makes sense to implement this. Because I'm sure if a tech company implemented four-day work weeks, which is another progressive policy, there would be just as many complaints about it, end of quote. So that, that's interesting. So if it's a trash culture, it'll make things worse, not better. And so another person says, quote, Gotta admit, I'm a little torn on this because I see where both sides are coming from. As I've gotten older and because administration, HR, keeps yelling at me, I've gotten better at taking time off. We have a certain number of PTO hours that we can roll over to next year, and I was losing a ton of my hours because I would be way over the cap. End of quote. Now, that, that actually kind of almost happened to me <laughs> with Relevant Radio. I had to be kind of told, listen, you got to take your vacation time. Because I, I love what I do. I, I love doing this show. And, 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 but I don't think it's a good thing. I don't think it's a good thing at all not to use your vacation. I think it's, it's good to live a balanced life. And I think it's, you'll actually be better at your job if you are living a balanced life, taking that time off. You need to recharge your batteries. You need to have Sabbaths during the week. You need to have balance in your daily life as well. We all know this. And so I, I've been a little bit guilty of this as well. But, wow, this this is an interesting theory. I, I wonder whether this will actually work. I wonder whether whether employees will actually take this. As I said earlier, maybe it's a hamster wheel with an open door, and, and maybe you might not want to take that because maybe your, your coworkers will say, oh, this guy's totally taking advantage of the situation. There'll be some social pressure to stay. Uh, they might even work more than having set holiday times, certain amount of weeks off per year. If they have this unlimited policy, they might find that people in general don't take don't take them up on it. Love to hear your thoughts on this. And, and really, what what do you think the work culture is like right now in the United States? Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Scale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Let's go to Brady, not Tom Brady, but I think it's just Brady in Wisconsin. Hi, Brady. How you doing? Hey, Kale. Doing good. How about you? I'm well, sir. I'm well. What do so, you think? I was just going to comment. Um, yeah, the company that I work for, it's a, one of the bigger accounting firms in the country. We, mm-hmm. We've had this policy for the last few years. Um, and, I mean, it, it's a good policy, but there's all, we also have a charge hour budget we have to meet, you know, for hours. So oh, it's like, okay. well, you can take as much vacation as you want, but you got to make sure you, make, you meet your charge hours, you know. So hmm. it, it's nice, though, because it adds flexibility. But, um, you know, I mean, if, if you're hmm. taking too much vacation, you know, you're going to get talked to, I'm sure. And, you know, obviously you, you would factor that in, but um, it's kind of a, they kind of offset it. I think with, you know, you got to meet this many charge hours. So it, it, it's a good policy though. It adds flexibility. So, but that, that's something you got to consider. It's not like, Oh, I can take vacation. Whenever I want. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and being in accounting, you know, our busy time of year is right now. So not many people oh, yeah. are taking vacation right now. Otherwise they would be looked at, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Upon, so, oh, yeah. Uh, right, yeah. right in the middle of tax season, exactly. And and so, Brady, can you can you explain a little bit about charge hours? Is that just like there's a certain amount of hours you have to work per per year or per month or something like that? Or yeah, those are like client work hours. So ones we're actually working on the client, our client work, like whether it's an audit or tax return or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's stuff that we can actually would be chargeable to a client that we, um, you know, factor in each month when we when we would bill that client. So okay. 
Otherwise, you know, if you're just working on general stuff, that goes to general time where it's not client-related. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, that that might be just off the top of my head, and maybe I'm not seeing the big picture here, but that seems like kind of a fair balance to me where there's a, there's X amount of hours you got to log in at some point, but but you, you're free to take as much vacation as you want slash need as long as you get your time in. I, I, that seems fair to me. I, I, maybe I'm not seeing it cl- clearly, but... But that that seems all right to me because at the end of the day, as long as you get the job done, it, for, it, depending on what profession it is. I mean, we, we all know people that log all kinds of hours at work, but they're doing what, what the author Cal Newport calls shallow work, not deep work. He's got this book called Deep Work, and that's what we really need. Deep work, focused work. Because a lot of people, they just flip from one thing to another they're on they're looking at their phone they're taking a phone call they're going to the water cooler they're having a coffee and that's that's part of the problem i think with offices and that's that's what especially if you're an introvert you you loved working from home because you didn't have to deal with the interruptions now there's certainly a a downside to that as well because you don't have the face-to-face creative interaction with fellow employees yada 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 there's certain things that only happen when you're in front of the person with your irresistible charisma you can get things done in a certain way and you can read people's faces you can read body language so much communication happens non-verbally there's so many reasons why in person is good but also it, it can be a drain on productivity too depending on what people are doing how they're using their time and and so what we really need is is more deep work the focused work where you can really dive in without interruptions task switching getting interrupted i think studies show it takes you 20 minutes to get back into a task if somebody interrupts you and knocks on your door or calls you or whatever the case may be so um where was i going with that i, have no, I was off on a rabbit trail though but but um yeah i i think i think that depending on the profession Let's say I, I used to know this guy who was an opera singer, and I've talked about him before on, on the program. The opera company doesn't, the Sydney Opera House doesn't really care, or the Metropolitan Opera in New York City. They don't, they don't really care how many hours you spent practicing for this thing as long as you nail the performance. That's the bottom line. If you stink on stage, it doesn't matter how long you worked on this or how, how hard you had to work at you know, pronouncing German for the opera. You got you to get the job done when the lights go on. But other professions, the, the, the seat time does matter. It depends what you're doing. depends what it is. So fantastic phone call, Brady. Thanks for that. Appreciate your take. You're listening to The Kale Clark Show, 888-914-9149. Hey, if you're on the line, stay there. We'll get back to you right after this really quick break. Be right back. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Hey, welcome back to the program. Producer Jim was just thrashing to this song uh, during the break. 888-914-9149 is the number to call. 888-914-9149. It's Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. We're getting you over that hump. 
We're talking about work. We're talking about the culture of work right now in the United States. What do you think that is like at the moment? How would you describe it? What's your experience with it? Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. And also, I asked you, how do you make your work holy? How do you sanctify it? We're going to talk about that a little bit more later on. Were we made for work, or is this some sort of a punishment? Uh, we're going to deal with that. A lot of people think that it is, but I want to get your phone calls on this, 888 You can follow me on Twitter as well and put your thoughts on Twitter. Uh, I commented on this earlier, at Kale Clark is my handle. Grab onto it there, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. Let's go to the phones right now, 888-914-9149. Robert is in San Pedro, California. Hi, Robert. Whoa, hi, Kale. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How about you? Thank you. Good. Okay. Thanks for taking my call. This is exciting. I tried so many times. Oh, well, hey, exactly. glad to have you on. Quick comment. You started with the uh, maternity leave and paternity mm-hmm. leaves in yep. Sweden and other uh, European countries. Very simple. And then you went on to the vacation times they get, et cetera. And you were kind of confused. How does this, does this make sense? And where does this come from? And repeatedly on your show, especially from Drew, mm-hmm. you yep. hear this, uh, this call from the right about this fear of socialism. This is going to ruin our country, et cetera. Most European countries are a blend of socialism and capitalism. That's true. Where the, yeah, almighty, that's true. the almighty dollar is not supreme. It's taking care of each other. And, of course, money is part of that process. Um, mm-hmm. So they have many models that we could use. But anytime somebody suggests we do it, there's an outcry based on ideological abstract reasoning, nothing concrete. Mm-hmm. And then the whole issue goes away. So I just wanted to point that out. In case you or your listeners mm-hmm. were wondering about where the disconnect is and why we have to work so hard and still a 64% living paycheck to paycheck in this yeah, wealthy that, country. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned this, Robert, because, uh, you know, as a Canadian, I mean, I find that that a lot of uh, people in the United States are afraid of, of, of you know, the government getting their hands in, in medicine and all that sort of stuff. And, and I, I do not profess to be an expert on this issue at all. But my, my perception is that if you're in the United States and you have a good health care plan, then, you, then you're golden. If you have a good, good company health care plan, then you're good. Uh, and you can, get, you can get procedures done. Whatever you need done, you can get it done. And, but, but it's interesting to me that uh, living in Canada, if I, if I need a surgery, I will get it. I will get it. For example, when, when we had our, our baby, when, when Patricia gave birth to Michaela, it's kind of nice that I could walk in and out of the hospital and I'd not, I would not have to pay a bill to 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 have that <laughs> to, for her to give birth that, that's that's pretty nice that's pretty nice now the 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 downside of that is that sometimes there's a long waiting list for certain things but if you need to get seen you'll you'll get you'll get seen and and I think it's kind of like a continuum and I think my 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 suspicion is that most countries they, they kind of move the needle at a different place on the continuum from totally you know you're on your own to how much government help there is how much tax dollar of your tax dollar goes to medicine, that, that sort of thing. And, um, yeah. And they, and, and these countries, a lot of these countries would not call themselves socialist by any stretch. They would consider themselves to still be capitalist. And, and, um, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's an interesting argument. And like I said, I'm, I'm no expert on this whatsoever, but, uh, thanks for calling in with that take Robert. Hey, lots of people out there are longtime listeners. They've never called in. I invite you to call in triple eight, nine, one, four, nine, one, four. We need to Nine one. I don't think I said the whole number. Eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. 
Jim, we need some sort of a, a sound effect, like ring a bell or something when we have a first-time caller. I think I think it's nice to welcome those those folks. And let's think about that. Let's work on that. Let's go to Patrick in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Kale. How are you this afternoon? I am doing great. And what's going on? In... I guess you're doing great. You said that to the prior caller. Um, <laughs> how are you? I think you're hitting. I'm great. Just really, really good. Sun's shining here in St. Paul, so love it. But awesome. um, I just wanted to, uh, you know, I really, I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm a double whammy. I'm a first-time listener and a first-time caller. Hey, all never, right. Uh, woo This time frame, I'm just not in the car. Um, but I have some comments on what you were saying with the work situation. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I really agree with the gentleman who called b- before me. Um, work balance is so critical. And to mm-hmm. me, it's an essential part, I think, of, of being pro-life. And also yeah. the... Um, you know, I've I've spent some time in France, and you know they 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 think we're crazy. Not that they're always mm. sane, but we <laughs> we um, live to work, and they say we work to live. You know, mm. and it's yeah. kind of that idea that I mean, when I was younger, I mean, I'm retired now, but when I was younger and had to work, I mean, it was like if you don't show up on time, you're gone for some of these sales positions I was in, and mm. it's just now things have really. Um, I mean, the benefit is we're down to, well, what, a three-point-something percent unemployment rate. And if you want to get a good employee and keep a good employee, you keep that employee happy because someone else will, you know, yeah. if, if you don't. And I started to notice this. This is what I told to the um, producer when I called in, is that about 20 years ago when I was working in St. Paul in a position um, where I was interfacing with a lot of corporations, I began to notice that these large corporations were starting to provide in-house daycare, which had been unheard of prior to that huh. time, you know, and, yeah. and um, you know, big insurance company because they wanted to keep good employees. And, and we're blessed with a lot of um, Fortune 500 companies here in the in the Twin City area. And I've, I think that they really work hard to be very competitive with benefits only because that's what they need to do. And the, yeah. the other thing is with all during COVID, you know, so many people mm-hmm. started working at home. And it just shifted that whole paradigm about do I have to, you know, now these office buildings that I've worked to fill down downtown St. Paul are, a lot of them are basically empty, you know. Mm-hmm. Employees are working at home. I mean, I, I live near um, um, West Publishing, or which it's it's not West anymore. It's, uh, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember. But anyway, they, they have <laughs> 7,000 employees near me, and yeah. now now they're selling the building. Um, yeah, and they're that's, still that's functioning right. as a company. You know, the, the, um, so it is really, it is really interesting what's happening. And I think, uh, I think it's a pro-life issue. You know, if you, it's one thing to have a so baby, but if that mother has to go right back to work. I think it's, it's not, and these are large companies that are, that are able yeah. to implement these positive things. I mean, large, small companies have a struggle and I can appreciate that. That's right. That. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Yeah. If you're working in a, in a startup or something like that, there may not be the funds available for, for that kind of thing, but, but. But bigger corporations, and I agree, there, there's a there's a competition aspect of it. They know they have to provide these perks, or else people are going to walk. Especially depending on 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 the the field, depending on the skill of the employees and how in demand they are. A lot of them are dictating terms here, and you're right. There are a lot of uh, office buildings down in downtown cores in large cities that are largely empty now. Uh, after the pandemic, a lot of companies have gone full remote. Uh, I think of Shopify, which is a pretty uh, pretty famous company that started off in Canada, and they have decided to go 100% remote. They don't own any real estate anymore. And then others are saying, no, 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 we want you to RTO. We want you to return to office. You have to return to office at least three days a week. 
a lot of the big banks, uh, especially uh, in Canada, uh, they're, they're requiring people to go back now three days a week. And there's this, this is a big revolt about that. I don't, I don't think that's that bad. I mean, three days a week is pretty manageable. You still have two days you can work from home. But nonetheless, um, depending on the field, like you said, uh, Patrick, a lot, a lot of employees can, can really dictate whether or not they're going to do this and, and kind of craft uh, working life that works for them, if you will. And I, I really like what you said, too, about the French when they say we don't live to work, we work to live. That, that's kind of interesting from a spiritual perspective as well, because uh, St. Jose Maria Escrivá, uh, the founder of Opus Dei, he wrote a lot about work and how to sanctify that. One of the things that he that he said was, oh, and I had this quote, I got to find it. But he basically said that, look, if if a shovel weighs 100 pounds, that, that's not really going to help you. And in the same way, this is not the end. This is a means to an end. Oh, here, I found the quote. This is from his book called Furrow, which is a kind of a collection of spiritual maxims, if you will. Furrow number 502, he said, you really do need to make an effort and put your shoulder to the wheel but for all that, you should put your professional interests in, in their place. They are only means to an end. They can never be regarded in any way as if they were the basic thing. How many of these forms of professionalitis, <laughs> many people are afflicted with that, professionalitis, I like that, professionalitis, how many of these forms of professionalitis make union with God impossible? Impossible. So it's a means to an end, and our end, of course, is God, is the beatific vision with God in heaven. And so, and obviously our, our work can help us to get there. It's a, it's a crucial part of how we get there. And so we, we really have to examine this, I think, really, really carefully. Let's go to Bill now. Thanks, Patrick, for that. Let's go to Bill in Lockhart, Texas. Hi, Bill. How are you, Bill? Good to, good to talk to you today. It's good to talk to you, Bill. I appreciate you calling in. Uh, yes, sir. My, uh, my work... As I told the screener, my work comes pre-sanctified. Oh, yeah? Um, all I have to do is actually be available to people 24-7 mm. and remember that those people are first and foremost. So I, I have a hard time listening to the first two callers that you had saying, no, we should be able to take whatever we want. I mean, I'm a funeral director. And if mm. your mom or your wife or your sister dies and they're mm. there at the, in the hospital or at home, and you call me, and I say, hey, you know, I'm not feeling that hot right now. I'm going to show up seven or eight hours from now. That's, I'm sorry, but that's not, uh, that's not doing a job that's sanctified. I mean, uh, mm. to me, being available to people, and I am, you know, four or five days a week, I'm available 24-7. We have other people who are available also uh, on call because when you need me, you need me. And and as far as I'm concerned, doing the work and putting my clients first, because I know that it's a fundamental need, I mean, what I'm doing is one of the seven corporal works of mercy. Mm-hmm. So wow. it's a ministry, and I need to be available to people at all times. And I, I just can't get along with the notion of, oh, we should be able—maybe if what your work is doing, it really isn't all that important in the grand scheme of life. Sure, take your vacation time, you know, take it easy, do all of that works. But when you're doing something like I'm doing, uh, I, hmm. I sanctify my work by being available at all times and keeping my clients when they need me, making sure that they are absolutely first and foremost in everything that I do. 
Well, Bill, I got, I got to say that is what you said. Your work comes pre-sanctified in a certain sense. Being a funeral director, that, that's a really important ministry. And, and actually, people of faith who are thinking about a career path, that is actually not a bad one. If you, if you love people and you want to help people when they really need um, they really need help. They they are really at at some of the the maybe the lowest point of their of their lives when a loved one passes away. They're very vulnerable. That's an amazing ministry. And to be somewhat humorous, you'll never be short of clients. But but no, it's a it's a great thing. It's a great thing. And I remember when I was uh, before I came back into the Catholic Church. I'm a revert to the faith as opposed to a convert. I, I was Catholic, left, came back. And when I was away from the church, I was, in, I was in a Protestant seminary, and I was in Protestant ministry for many years. And I remember very strongly, there was a time when one of my professors forced us all to go to a funeral home. And it was, it was one of the best things that we ever did, one, one of the best learning experiences I ever had. Because he said, look, if, you, if you're going to go into pastoral ministry, which was what I was doing, you are going to have to deal with this. You're going to have to deal with grieving families. You're going to have to deal with bereavement. You're going to have to deal with the the, the mechanics of how do you, when a parishioner passes away, what's your involvement? How do you work with the funeral director? You've got to have a relationship with this person. And that was a really educational uh, field trip for us. We all went there and we, we actually, yeah, this funeral director showed us how they prepare bodies for viewing and everything. It was quite in-depth and kind of freaked some people out a little bit, uh, but it's a really practical and important ministry. And really what you said there, Bill, is the best ability sometimes is availability. It's, and you have to be available. You can't just say, I'm not feeling it today. And certain professions, and it depends what you're doing. It depends what you're doing. It depends on the nature of your work. But that's one where you're you're on call when you're on call or, or, or a pastor or a priest gets that pager and sometimes they pass it around amongst each other and somebody's on call. If somebody has to go to the hospital and somebody is dying, they need uh, to get their confession heard. They need uh, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick before uh, they pass away. Then that's that's a crucial, crucial ministry. So, Bill, thank you very much for calling in. I really appreciate that. That's great to get some some kind of debate going, too, on the show. 888-914-9149 is Kale Clark's show on relevant radio. So how do, you, how do you sanctify your work in your particular profession? And I think one good question to ask, too, uh, with respect to this is, is all work of equal value in, in God's sight? Can any job be sanctified? I think we should also talk about, well, I'll talk about that in just a second, but what does it really mean when we say, I, I want to sanctify my work? How do I actually do that? And then I, I did promise I would talk about this off the top, so I should probably mention it really quickly. Are we made to work in a certain sense, or is this some sort of a, a cruel punishment because of sin? And a lot of people think that it is. A lot of Christians, a lot of Catholics and other Christians think that work is a punishment due to sin, but that's not the case. That's not the case. If you look at the book of Genesis, we did a big study on Genesis for the Faith Explained program on Relevant Radio, 1230 Central. You can catch it live or catch the podcast anytime, relevantradio.com or the app. But if you go on our website, go to relevantradio.com, our shows, pick the Faith Explained, you should find the Genesis series there. And one of the things that it talks about at the beginning of Genesis is that God placed Adam in the garden and he gave him a job. Now, this is before sin came into the world. This is prior to the fall. This is pre-fall. 
And he had two jobs, to till the earth and to keep it. To till and to keep. And interestingly enough, later on, if you read through the Old Testament, those are the same words in Hebrew that are used to describe the work of the priests in the temple. And it's kind of interesting, too, because the Holy of Holies in the temple was built to resemble the Garden of Eden, which is intriguing. But, and that's, that's what's, those are the words used of, of the work of the priest, to till and to keep. And so Adam had a job before sin came into the world. Now, obviously, the, the after effects of the original sin, work became difficult. By the sweat of your brow, you shall eat until the ground. It wasn't easy after that, had its difficulties, but work itself is a gift, is a gift. And here's something that Pope Francis once said about work. He said, quote, what is good about work is that one sees the result and feels divine, quote unquote, feels like God, capable of creating, in a certain sense, you feel like a man or a woman holding your first child in your arms. The ability to create is life-changing, end of quote. So it's kind of onto something there because God could do everything himself if he wanted to, certainly could, but he chooses to entrust, if you want, extension of the work of creation to us through our work. And we, we participate in, in creating life, of course, but also in 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 shaping the creation uh, and, and making it uh, hopefully a better world, and so there, there's a lot. There's a lot that we can we can say here. But one of the things the Catechism says in paragraph twenty four twenty eight, it says that work is for man, not man for work, and that that's very very similar to what previous caller said. Hey, we don't we don't live to work; we work to live. Work is for humanity. Uh, it's for us. It's it's it helps us to become more human properly understood, properly understood. And so, as one writer said, you know, we can't act. We can't be an acting person without getting either better or worse. And so we can never really flatline in the spiritual life. And we can never really flatline in our work as well, because here's what happens. When you flatline, and doctors know this, if your profession is medicine, when you're flatlining, you're dead. You're not living anymore. And, and something similar can happen in the spiritual life as well. When complacency sets in, you can flatline. If, we, if you get an immortal sin, you're, you're spiritually dead and you can get resuscitated, if you will, through the sacrament of confession. But complacency is the enemy. There, there's no cruising altitude that you can kind of set to 30,000 feet and just set it and forget it and then you're fine. We have to keep pushing to per perfection. You know, is it is it humanly possible? Jesus says, "Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect." The perfection that we can shoot for is not impeccability. Not that we'll never make a mistake, but perfection in love. And so, so doing work for love, doing work for God, is is really important as part of this process here. So we got we got to take a quick break here on the Kale Clark Show. If you if you are on the line, please stay there. I'll try to get to you after the break. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Be right back. This is The Kale Clark Show, giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life. Welcome back to the program, 888-914-9149. That's the line to call. Talk to me for free. On the Kale Clark Show, triple eight 
914-914-9149. All right. I want to remind you that you can elevate your Lent this year in just two minutes every day. It's all it takes. Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass, coming up with another edition this year. It's always packed with interesting facts to help you learn more about the Mass and your faith. People love to explore the Mass. And you can see how these bite-sized videos that you're going to experience, they had over a million views last year. And you can sign up for Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass today at relevantradio.com slash Lent, relevantradio.com slash Lent. And remember, they are free and they always will be. All right, we're talking about work. It's Wednesday. It's the middle of the work week. And we need to look at our work through new eyes, through the eyes of Christ. We can sanctify our work. We can offer it up to God. Want to figure out how you're doing that. How are you offering your work to God? 888-914-9149. I think our listeners would be inspired by how you're doing it. If you've got some tips for me, I'd love to hear them. Let's go to Mary Alice in Columbus, Ohio. Hi, Mary Alice. Hello, Kale. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Is everything okay there with the, with the train derailment? And the, I mean, that's just a horrible you know, story. This morning, on my, I don't watch the news anymore, and I don't listen. And this morning, in the car, driving downtown to work was the first I had heard about it. Mm. And not a lot of people are very happy, I guess, with mm. the governor. I'm not anyway, but on other problems. But <laughs> I have no idea where it is. I don't even know where they're talking about. It's okay, well, uh, Eastern well, Ohio. Hopefully you'll be okay, uh, and uh, praying for everybody so out there. Yeah. I've been hearing some horrible things that have been happening, so yeah, I've been praying for them. So, um, But anyway, you asked yeah. about how I sanctify my job whenever mm. I am walking in the office every morning. I make the sign of the cross. Nobody's there. I, I open up the place, and I ask oh, yeah. our Lord. I thank Him for helping me get to work safely, and then I ask Him to bless me and bless my work product and my work effort and my mm. work ethic, and please bless oh, all like of that. the people that I, yeah, I, I don't know, I've been doing this for years, and I ask Him also to bless all the people that I come in contact with on any given day in thought, word, and deed. There mm, are a number beautiful. of people that I deal with. And, and when I'm working, there are a lot of people who cross my mind, friends or family or whatever. So, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what I do. And then at the end of the day, when I'm leaving, I'll make the sign of the cross and ask, thank him for another good day. I'm hope he was, hoping he was pleased with what I had done. And my boss is happy, I guess. So, <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's important. what I do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, what, right, what, right. Mary Allison, what, 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 what mm-hmm. field are you in? I don't know. I don't want you to say the actual company or anything like that, but, but. Oh, no. Yeah. Administrative assistant and bookkeeper okay. and, Bookkeeping, you know, yeah. just kind of do whatever. It's, um, it's a small business, just my boss mm-hmm. and I. And, um, I run errands to the blueprint company to pick up drawings and whatnot and run to wow. the bank or run to the city offices and turn in documents and things. So. Hmm. So it's quite varied and keeps me busy, keeps me happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, well, I, I love your I love your suggestions there, Mary Alsa. That is just great. Thank you so much for calling in. Call back any time, and thanks for listening to the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. That's Mary Alice in Columbus, Ohio. Appreciate you. Appreciate that call. I like how she said that. She when she enters the office, she makes the sign of the cross. Now, I and I like how she clarified. By the way. She's opening up the office. Nobody's there yet. I, I don't recommend that you just burst into 
your place of work. I can imagine just, you know, hundreds of cubicles on a floor. And you just say at the top of your vo- voice, at the top of your lungs, in the name of the Father and of the Son. No, no, no don't, don't, don't do it like you're starting the Mass. I didn't know a guy who, who wore this big pectoral cross. I, I always wanted to ask him, you know, congratulations on being ordained a bishop. It was, it was the kind of thing that a bishop would wear, and he'd wear it over his work shirt. And it was just... I don't know. Maybe God's calling you to do this, but usually it should be maybe a little bit more subtle, uh, let's say. And I'm not saying deny the faith or anything like that. It's far from it. In fact, uh, we should create that kind of hunger, that that thirst for, you know, why are you doing this? What, what's different about you and the way that you're working? I can tell. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but I, I'm really curious to find out more. And I like how uh, she said that she prays that that God will bless not only her work, but her work product, her work ethic, the way that she does it, the people that come into contact with her through her work. That's really awesome. I just love that. And and again, back to St. Jose Maria, just because he said so much about this, about this idea of sanctifying work, he said, really, we've got to do three things. We've got to sanctify our work itself, but we've also got to sanctify ourselves in our work. We've got to become more holy through this. And then he said, we've got to sanctify other people through our work. Other people. Now, it's, it's really intriguing because he, here, here's another, another quote from him on that, about how work is, is really a way of spreading the faith. We can do apostolate through our work. And he said this in, his, uh, in a homily that he, that he preached. It was in a, uh, a collection called Friends of God. And he said, just live your normal life. Work at your job striving to fulfill the duties of your state in life, growing, improving each day. Be loyal, understanding with others, and demanding with yourself. This will be your apostolate. Then people will start coming to you. Conversations will arise naturally in which you will chat about the longings that everyone feels deep down inside. They will come to understand those longings better when they start to look for God in earnest. So yeah, we can help lead our colleagues to Christ and help them to discover Christ simply by being loyal, as he says, trying to improve in your work every day, and just being a good professional. That is a calling card unto itself. If you're kind of known as the office hack, if your work is always substandard and it's not, you're late all the time and you're not respecting others in their time and you're just doing a slapdash job, people are not going to listen to you when it comes to time to talk about the faith, because they won't respect you. That, that's that's a sad reality, but but maybe it's not so sad. Maybe we need to wake up to that, the fact that it is a reality, because we, you need to have it together on that front. And so um, strive to be the best that you can be. And we, we don't want to give in to perfectionism, professionalitis, that sort of thing. And But but doing the best job that you can do with God helping you. and And maybe... For you, if you're if you're a student, maybe the best you can do is an A plus because you're 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 a great student and you and you you study well. But let's say that you're a student and you're trying to do a graduate degree and you also are married and you also have kids and you also have a part time job because you're trying to support your family. Maybe the maybe the best you can do is a, is a B minus. And you know what? That's glorifying to God. If that's the best that you can do given your circumstances, and God understands that, we offer it to Him. And so. No, don't 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 make this about perfectionism either, because it's it's really not. And so you gotta love it. Let's go to Pete in Chicago. Hi, Pete. Hi, Kale. How you doing? 
I'm hey, great, I love great. your little stand-up comedian there. That uh, your little daughter, <laughs> she's beautiful. <laughs> but uh, I have I have a little comment. Does uh, Does God work five days a week or seven days a week? <laughs> well, it's it's interesting because G- Jesus was asked that question as well, and he said, hey, "My Father is always working. I'm working as well." And, and so. It's it's intriguing because obviously one of the things we've been looking at, Pete, on on uh, the Faith Explained program, and, and it was we're going through right now the Book of Exodus, the Ten Commandments, uh, keeping the Sabbath holy. A lot of people ask the question: Is it wrong for you know, God doesn't doesn't rest per se? He doesn't he doesn't get tired per se? Of course, the Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath, as Jesus says, and and some people do feel guilty. They're Catholics and they have jobs where they're required to work on Sunday. Let's say you're an emergency room physician and your shift is on a Sunday. What do you do? Well, it's it's not a sin, <laughs> uh, but there are some things that we can do to try to honor the Sabbath as best we can. Um, but of course, in, in the New Covenant, things are things are a little different. This almost requires a whole other show to, to talk about this. But I know that and producer Jim uh, he and I were talking about this recently. A really good document from St. John Paul II is Dies Domini, the Day of the Lord, which talks about this idea of, of a Sabbath rest and how we should take it seriously, even though, obviously, 24-7, 365 is the norm in a lot of industries. And, Jim, I don't know if you could say, just off the the top of, of your head, was, was there something about that document that really struck you in particular? Uh, you know, I, I think the the big part about it was just that I was getting ready to graduate from college and wanted to really go gun ho and, you know, just mm-hmm. work as much as humanly possible. And it, there's a temptation sometimes to want to just get ahead, make that buck. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing wrong with success, but really taking that day of the Lord to sanctify it, make it holy mm. in, in your life, in, uh, if you, whether you're single or you know, a husband and father. And um, that's what we try to do in my family. And we really try to take that day, you know, obviously the most important thing, going to Mass, yeah. but then just having a, a beautiful, restful mm-hmm. day and trying to do some spiritual reading, you know. And so, yeah, that, it's a beautiful document. I want to go back and read it, and I'll put it in the show notes as well. Thank, thank you, Jim. Yeah, so if you, if you do check the show in podcast form, and it should be up a few minutes after the show, so just check in on the Relevant Radio app, relevantradio.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the usual suspects, you name it. We are there. You can share them with a friend. Uh, in the show notes, producer Jim will put a link to that document. I, I think it's a kind of a hidden treasure of, of the church in a lot of ways, and I think it's we do well to, to read it, reflect on it, maybe on a Sunday, maybe on Sabbath. Well, anyways, thanks for joining me today on this Wednesday. It's the Kale Clark Show only on Relevant Radio. Stay tuned to all the great programming we've got coming up. Trending is up next, followed by the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky. Jim Shaper produced. Patrick Aylock took your phone calls. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my daddy.